we, we focus on money because money is the most accurate way to measure value. The Bible says money answers all things. So in money, we can measure how much you value something. You get it? So everything has a value. Even your phone is valued in money. Even though it is no money. Your shirt is valued in money. You are valuing people by their net worth. Like you are worth 100 billion, you are worth 1 billion, you are worth 1 CD. It's all money. So that's how life is. Life is um, money answers all things. So life, money answers all things. So giving. When you hear about giving, what comes in mind? Giving means you have to lose something. Receiving means you are gaining something. It's very simple. I give you one water. I get one water. It's giving and receiving. That's the principle. But that's not the whole principle. So, I have a lot of things to say. But I'll try and put it in a very short time. I have a lot of things to say. All right. So, let's go to John 3.16. This, this verse I gave was just for you to understand what the tendency is. a principle. It doesn't mean that. So, because it's a principle, it's not for Christians. The Bible didn't say that seed time is for Christians and harvest time is for Christians. Whether you're a Christian, whoever you are, seed sowing, like giving and receiving, is one thing that is common amongst most of the religions or all the religions so far. All the religions they give. Muslims have the zakat and uh, Christian people have their karma and all those things. So they know that when you give, you receive. That's how life works. So no matter who you are, once you give, you're going to receive. You don't have to be a Christian. But when you are a Christian, there's an added value to your giving. All right. So John 3.16. You know about John 3.16? Normally people ask a question. And this question, me, I've asked them before when I was a kid. And it is a common question. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ish. Awesome. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Alright, so people ask a question that God is all-powerful, omnipotent. Then why didn't he just cancel sin? You've asked yourself that question before. Why doesn't God just kill the devil? Like, why did he bring him to earth? Yes, you ask those questions, yeah. It's true. They are valid questions. If you don't ask that question, that means you are not learning. At a point in time, you have to ask that question. That why didn't God just cancel sin? So you realize that God gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son. God is a just God. He knows how things work. He knows that he cannot just come to the earth and say, Oh, you sinned. You are forgiven. No, it's, it's, it's not that simple. You have to give something. That's why, as a Christian, you have to give your life to Christ to receive life. You have to die to receive it. So Christ came to die for our sins. The giving, this one is the form of giving that is not monetary. So he gave his life for us. And his life is invaluable. It's not something you can value. I said that money values a lot of things. But this one, <laughs> it goes beyond money. You cannot value it. Yes. So the principle of giving, even God himself, is given to receive. But you human being, you think you can do it by your own strength. You are, I don't know if you are wiser than God, but <laughs> you cannot be wiser than God. That's a fact. Because the omnipotent himself, the one who has all power, he says he's the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for him? Nothing is too hard for him, but he's giving. What else? What does this show you? It tells you that the principle, even God himself, it is his word that you have to give to receive. So once you try to bypass it, it is going to be another thing. That's what I said earlier, that once you are not giving, you are dead. But you may not know that you are dead, but you are dead. You are just walking around. So you have to know that you have to give to receive. Yes. So another thing is that in the giving, normally, I think pastor said it, the pastor or Reverend George, one of them said it, that in the giving, so when people come to give their seed, they put in, let's say you have a problem, you pray over it. This is the problem I want to alleviate of myself with this seed. So you come and then you sow the seed to the church. So seed sowing or giving can change your dimension. So Reverend George gave an example of his brother who was tightened at the level that he wanted to get to. So there was a promotion that he wanted to get there. So he was tightened that amount. And lo and behold, he got that promotion because he put his faith in the seed. 
So he gave to receive that particular promotion. You get it? So giving is such thing that you take the seed and then you put in your problems or anything that you want and then you plant it and then it grows. So it's a seed that you sow and it grows. Yes. That's why he said that it's dangerous to steal money in church, Charlie. If you know you've stolen money in church, when pastor comes, go and see him. Because eh? <laughs> you need deliverance. It's a serious thing. Because someone has brought their problems. Someone is trying to maybe take some generational curse or some witches off their back. Then you go and take it upon yourself. Oh. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you make pastors work difficult. Eh? So, some things are just our own fault. Like, for, 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 hmm. let, let me, let me end it. Eh? So, yeah. So that's how it is. You give, you receive. And uh, that's how the principle works. Sometimes people think that they may not have to give. You will just pray and receive. So I had this friend back on campus. He was my roommate. And then he had his last five CDs. So he was a prayer guy. Was he a prayer guy? I think he was a prayer guy. He used to pray. <laughs> so one time he went to, those who have been to University of Ghana, the Sabah field. He went to Sabah field to go and pray. He had five CDs. So he went to pray to God that, God, I need a miracle. Guess he didn't sow his five CDs. He kept it. And he prayed to God that he needs a miracle. So he came back to the hall. When he came back to the hall, there's a shop downstairs. I was in Sabah Hall. There's a shop downstairs. He went to the woman and gave the woman five CDs. She bought a drink. I don't know if you know it. It's um, aloe vera drink. At that, at that time, it was three CDs, 50 pesos, I think. So he bought aloe vera drink from the woman. And... The woman gave him a change. He gave the woman five CDs. The woman gave him change as if he gave her 20 CDs. So this guy went to the woman and said, oh, you gave me change more than I gave you. That's what you expect him to do, right? <laughs> That's not what he did. <laughs> this, guy, this guy came to the room and told us that God has answered his prayer and that he prayed that he needed money and when he went, the woman mistakenly changed more than he asked for. I'm like, what? He said it's a testimony. Uh, yeah, and that was his testimony. That he, he didn't so. <laughs> he prayed and he went to dupe someone. And he said that, yeah, that is his testimony. So one thing, don't, don't, don't confuse. There are some Christians who do illicit activities, illegal activities. See, your blessings will come legally. It will come from God. Your blessings will be questionable. When you sow, your blessings will be questionable. So normally, when you get your money through some wrong means, don't, don't come and share testimony. Because eh? <laughs> you, are, you are just polluting our testimonies with your fake testimony. Yeah, Because you, you know what you did. You worked it. And just know that once you are receiving on your own accord, you are duping people to get it, it will fly away. Because money has wings. The Bible says that money has wings. And Chibia, all your money will be gone. But it's fine. Right now, you'll be happy, but tomorrow, you won't be happy. So giving and receiving is a principle. Don't bypass it. Don't go and do people for money. Your money will fly away. Yes. It has been through and from time. The law of, uh, Reverend George was talking about the first mention. When we talk about Cain and Abel, the first thing they did, or the first thing that was mentioned about them was their sacrifice. So they went to offer sacrifices. Abel's sacrifice was accepted. And then Cain's sacrifice was not accepted Yes, there's a, a whole sermon on that one. But later I'll hit on that again. But just know that giving is something that you cannot do without. You cannot do without it. You may not understand it now, but there will be a time that you will need to give. So you know about Jacob and Isaac. You know about... Um, let's go to Genesis 27. Genesis 27. You know about how Jacob and Esau exchanged their birthrights. Yes. So in Genesis chapter 27, we have Isaac who was about to die. He was close to his deathbed. So I read Genesis 27 verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau. That he could not see, yes. That he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son, and he answered to him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold now, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Mm -hmm. Let's go. 
Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Next. And make me savory food. Say savory food. Savory food. Sweet food. Yeah. He had taste. He had good taste. Such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat. That my soul may, may bless you before I die. Amen. So once again, we see something here. You see, Isaac is the father of Jacob and Esau. Ideally, you will say that as a father, I don't need to request anything from you. Just come and let me bless you before I die because I have to die. I have to give it to someone. But as I said, you cannot bypass the principle. Once you bypass the principle, just know that anything that you have is, is just temporal. It's something that will not last. Once you bypass the principle of giving and receiving. So you realize that even though Isaac had the blessing that he could give to Jacob and Esau, but he asked him to bring him food first. That's your papa will call you. Because the blessing, you are just giving the blessing. So why are you asking for food? You cry, you are dying. Just give and die. But no. The principle must work. You have to earn it by your giving. So even though Isaac knew that he could bless him, he needed the son to know that the principle must work. You have to give. Yes. But when you read and you continue, you realize that so blah blah blah. Jacob came in and tricked the father and then got it. That one is another thing. It's another sermon. Yeah. So Jacob was the rightful person for the blessing because Esau had already sold his birthright. So he was not worthy of this blessing. That's why when you read later, you realize that Jacob is the one who took the blessing because he was the rightful person because you sold, you sold your birthright to him. Yeah. So there's one thing I want you to know. You know, in the world, one plus one is equal to two. It's very simple. You have one CD. You add one CD, it's two CDs. But in the Bible, one minus one is equal to 100. And yes, it is not logical. Because we don't, we don't do faith by logic. If you do faith by logic, that's why sometimes you can't give. Because you want to calculate first. That if I have one CD and then I receive another one CD, I have two CDs. But the Bible is saying that if you have one CD and then you give it, you receive 100 CDs. Yes, you, maybe you think I'm lying, but let me show it to you. So Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. Genesis 26, verse 12. So once you give the one, just know that you are going to receive a hundredfold. Normally the Bible talks about a hundredfold, a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Hey, pressed down, shaking together, running over. There's no gap in it. Everywhere is filled. It is running over. So your blessing is abundant. Yes. Then Isaac sold and Isaac sold in the land and reaped the same year and oh, this one is New King James. Okay. The same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Next one. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And he had possessions of flocks and possessions. Yeah. So if you read the NIV, the NIV said that he became rich. He continued until he became wealthy. So you can see there are two different things. Be you are a poor man, you are a middle class man, you are a rich man, you are a wealthy man. So you know how to differentiate. It's very simple. So the poor person knows that me, I don't have. You know that you don't have. That, that means you are poor. There are other ways. Some people say that if you are rich, it means that you have to be able to take care of your family and nine other people before you can call yourself rich. Yes. If you are here and you are taking care of yourself and your family members, you are not rich. But me, this is my, this my, this, this my um, definition. The poor person knows that they don't have. The rich person knows exactly what they have. So the rich person knows that I have 100 million or 200 million. The wealthy person just knows that they have, that's all. It's not about half hundred million. I know that I have. So if you want 5,000 cattle, I have. If you want 10 million dogs, I have. That's a wealthy person. There's no limit. So you realize that in recent times, in this current dispensation, I would say that we don't have a lot of wealthy people in this current dispensation, but we do have a few. Yes. So in Isaac... 
the way the, the Bible works, he sowed and reaped a hundredfold that same year. That same year, he planted the crops that year and harvested a hundredfold. So everyone seed yielded hundred. That's what I said earlier, that in your seed, you can sow something to die. So if you know you have illness, you can kill it by sowing a seed. So when you sow the seed, the seed dies. And when it germinates, it bears a fresh fruit. So every problem that you have, the easiest way is to sow a seed. It is a principle that works. But it seems that Christians, we don't prefer it that way. We prefer the hard way. I'm not saying prayer is bad, but we prefer to travel and all night and fastings. They work. Everything works. But everything has its purpose. If you're at a level and then you want to move to another level, the best way is to sow a seed to move to that level. If you have something that you want to kill out of your life, the best way is to sow it as a seed. Take some amount of money and then come and sow it. Yes, we just pray that the thief won't steal your money and then you are fine. But once you sow the seed, just know that you are going to bear the fruit. Amen. 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 Sure. So, the next part is that there are some reasons why you should give. I'm going to give you reasons why you should give. I don't know if you are writing, but you have to note some of the things down. So, the first reason why you should give is that you don't always need a reason to give. I know it doesn't make sense, but reason number one, you don't always need a reason to give. You don't always need a reason to give. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. So, I think Pastor has said this before, but every, every, um, every money you receive, there's a seed in it. Every fruit you receive, there's a seed in it. So you don't have to eat the fruits and then eat your seed. Once you eat the seed, you are killing your progression. So what's they used to do in the past is that if they have a harvest, they go around and look for the best looking ones and then take those seeds and then plant it for it to replenish. So you always try and then get better seeds. So there are people who say that um, something like, I think watermelon or strawberry, one of them, according to um, scientists, this is not how it looked like in the past. It's because of selective breeding or selective growing. So the the farmers realize that, okay, this particular one is very nice. So they will take it and then they will plant it again. So it will grow and then it will look like what they wanted. So there are many fruits that in today's dispensation doesn't look like how it was in the past because they have selected the best ones and they've planted them. That's how even animal breeding is like. Normally they pick the best ones and let them cross the other ones to bring about the best species. And they are very strong species. Yes. Second Corinthians 9 verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen. Very simple. You don't need a reason to sow a seed. You don't need a reason to give. Just know that what you have received, you have a seed in it. Be like a robot. Everything I receive, there's a seed. Receive, sow, receive, sow, receive, sow. Once you receive, you sow, you receive. It's, it's that, that's how the principle works. The moment you stop sowing, or the moment you stop giving, is, is the end. There will be no, um, <laughs> no more resources for you. Amen. The second point is that giving prevents lack. Once you give, you do not lack. <laughs> Proverbs 28 verse 7. But before I read that, let me just talk about something. So we know that the Jews, uh, Reverend George was saying it, that the top billionaires, most of them are Jews. The Jews have principles of giving and they stick to it, whether they are really worshipping God or not. For them, their principles are like a culture, more of a culture than a religion. So no matter what they do it. So we know there are three things that they have. The first one is, they call it the sedaka. T-Z-E-D-A-K-A-H. The Sedaka. The Sedaka is a, a principle, a concept. 
That refers to charitable giving. That's what the Jews practice. Sedaka, charitable giving. The next one is Sedek, T-Z-E-D-E-K, Sedek. And that one is justice. So they give out justice. And the last one is Chesed, C-H-E-S-E-D, Chesed. The Chesed is mercy and kindness. So all this put together is summarized as, um, yes. So instruct all Jews to give to charity and treat people who are less fortunate with compassion. So you are giving to charity, and then you are treating people who are less fortunate with compassion. The Bible talks about giving to widows and then giving to orphans. It's treating them with compassion in a way. So these are the practices of the Jews. If you realize, I don't know if you know Bloomberg. Who knows Bloomberg? Yeah. One person knows Bloomberg. Who knows Mark Zuckerberg? Facebook. Yeah, we all know. Everybody has a Facebook account, I'm sure. Or oh, 90%. You don't have... You don't have? Wow. That's interesting. So a lot of people have Facebook accounts. Yeah. Talking about Facebook, let me just digress more. So when you talk about social media, right now the youth, social media is a problem. It's a big problem. We have a lot of youth who cannot focus because of social media. And the reason is that, you know, social media programs you to be checking things. Like you are on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on TikTok. So every two minutes, you are checking something else. Yes. That's how the youth of today are being programmed. So every two minutes, you cannot focus. You cannot sit down and think. So they say that the IQ of human beings are declining because we cannot focus. And one thing you should know is that the limitation to your human being, as a human being, the only limitation that you have to your flesh your mind is a limitation to your flesh. What you feed to your mind becomes a limitation. So people believe that human beings have the strength, like, who should I even choose? Uh, someone like Anika. Some people believe that Anika has the strength to pull a car. But the only limitation on Anika is her mind. Because her mind is telling her that she can't do it. That's what they say. I have not tested it. Maybe Anika can try later and see. But I have not tested it. But they say that the only limitation is your mind. So the youth nowadays, we, should I say we? Most of us, yes, most of us are not mentally focused. We lack mental strength. And that is the fact that you are not able to spend time to even learn. Because once you are learning, because you have trained yourself over time to not look at one thing, you look at your social studies book, for two minutes, you are off. You go and look at your science book, you are off. Even the social media itself, you are not able to focus because you look at a video, two minutes, another video, two minutes, another video, 30 seconds. Yes. So just be careful. I'm not saying social media is by me. I'm there. I'm on the social media. I also check some. <laughs> yeah. So know that you have to be mentally sound or mentally strong to be prosperous. You are sowing seeds and then you are not able to even plan what you do when you receive. So once you give and it comes, because you cannot focus, you are just squandering it. So some people believe that the principle of giving and receiving without a plan is for ministers. Because pastors, their work is to do the work of God. So for them, they just receive, they continue doing the work. But you, you are sowing a seed to receive. But when you receive, because you cannot focus, you don't have a plan for it. So all you are doing is getting money, no plan. You are sowing, getting money, no plan. But God has given us wisdom and intelligence to use the harvest that we are receiving from our seed sowing. So don't let your seed sowing be waste. Always have a plan. Once you sow a seed, you can have a plan that, okay, this money, I'm going to use it to start a business. So you want to start a business, but you don't even know anything about the business. Every day you're on social media. You don't even know anything about, let's say if you want to do um, a washing bay, for example. You want to start a washing bay. You have no idea what permits you should get for the washing bay. You have no idea the number of stuff you need. You have no idea of anything. But you are believing. Faith, faith, faith. You are not focusing. You are TikToking and Facebooking and everything. Mm -hmm. 
28, 27. 27. Let's go to the verse 27. Yeah. So another Jew who is very prosperous is one of the founders of Google. We all know Google. You know Google. Yeah, we all use Google. Especially those who are in university. Yes, Google is <laughs> it's a, it's a friend. It's a, it's a big companion. Yes. Sometimes your first class, Google is like 50% of your first class. That is fine. Yes. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Yes. So we are, we are, we are supposed to, we are supposed to give to the poor. We are supposed to give to the poor. Give to those who don't have. This one is, it doesn't mean give to only those who don't have. Give to those who don't have. But not only to those who don't have. Yes. So, once you give to the poor, you will never lack. Is the word of God. And you know that the word of God is strong and it's faithful. And it stands. The one thing that stands is the word of God. It stands across dimensions. It has stood from day one till today. Sometimes scientists say the, the world has been in existence for millions of years. Charlie, that thing you cannot even check. But people say millions of years, people say thousands of years. But just know, from beginning to now, the word has been in existence. And it's something that stands. The principles of the word never change. Yes. So that is it. So you have to know that once you are given, luck is no more part of you. It is something of the past. Yes. The third point here is that giving draws God to you. Giving draws God to you. It brings God to your doorstep. So you know that we have Christians who are like, okay, I want to get closer to God. So you pray, you read your Bible, you worship, you praise. They are all good. It will all draw you closer to God. But one of the sightings we've seen in the word that had brought God to someone was through giving. The person gives so much that God had to come. God himself had to come. So sometimes the channel is there. There are different um, routes that you can use. So if I want to go here, I can walk here, or I can go here, come here, and get here. So the one who is not giving, you are choosing to go here and come here. If maybe you don't even get here. Someone will hit you over there. Then you are done. But I'll just walk here and get to where Joshua is. So that's how giving is. Giving changes the path. Sometimes it doesn't change the path necessarily, but it makes things that you will struggle for come easily. Yes. So remember Solomon, where Solomon uh, sacrificed 22,000 cattle, 120,000 sheep. Charlie, it's crazy. That guy, I don't know what. <laughs> it's crazy. 120,000 sheep and goats. So you can imagine, 120,000. Across for stadium is not even that much. It's like 40,000 or so. Kampunu, those who know Kampunu, Kampunu is like 99,000. So even if you're putting one goat or sheep on every seat, the whole Kampunu cannot contain them. Yes, that's how much the guy sacrificed. So he gave all that out to God. And then God came to him and told him that he has heard his prayers. And he has answered his prayers. So let's go to Second Chronicles 7 verse 5. Yes. Giving is one thing that brings God to your doorstep. Anytime that you need something, you need an intervention, especially those who are in school. I can see a lot of students here, that's why I'm focusing on school. Those who are in school, once you are about to write an exam, just try and sow a seed. Aside the fact that you should sow seed cons consistently, you should sow special seeds. Yes. Normally, if you're about to write an exam, you sow a seed. Anytime that you want to attain a certain level, you sow a seed. If you want to change levels. So you, every day you are 42nd out of 43. Today you want to come, you want to, come to the top five. Yes. Sow a seed. Sow a seed. Aside sowing the seed, as I said earlier, try and focus. Don't spend too much time on social media. The 30 seconds video will make sure you are not focusing. Anytime you concentrate 30 seconds, you want to move to another 10, 30 seconds. That's how social media trains your mind. 30 seconds video, 30 seconds video, 30 seconds video. So try and limit the social media. Else you'll see to win. It will be a struggle. Yeah. So your mentality is very important. Sowing, giving, receiving, 
once you receive, how to use it is very important. Amen. Okay. Now the bronze altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hugh, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon and assembly sought him there. Next one. Um, seven. Chapter 7, not chapter 1. Second Chronicles 7, verse 5. 7, verse 5. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's Solomon. You can see him, eh? Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated it Dedicated the house of God. So this one was just a dedication of the temple. It's not like they were at war and then they wanted God to help them or something. They were dedicating God's own temple to him. So that one there say it's straightforward. I'm dedicating your temple to you, so why should I come and harvest 120,000 sheep? It's straightforward, but no. It's not that straightforward. As I said, if you try to reason things out as a Christian, yes, you have a mind, you should think. You should follow. You have to think. You have to reason. But just know that not everything works with logic when it comes to faith. Faith is faith. It's your heart. Your heart and your mind. You believe and you know. So we haven't seen God, but we know God. Yes, we know that he's there. He exists because we have encounters. Even if you've not seen God, how many of us have seen miracles? Miracles. You've seen miracles, yes. At least that one is good enough. So you know that there is a God. That's why the word of God is foolishness to the unbeliever. Because the unbeliever, once the unbeliever sees a miracle, he's trying to rationalize it. Okay, so this guy didn't have a leg. Now his leg has grown. How is that possible? It's not possible. That's how the unbeliever works. So there are Christians who have the mindset of unbelievers. So you are a believer, but you believe that, okay, if I have one CD, and then I add another one CD. I get two CDs. But you're not following the principle of having one CD, sowing it, and getting 100 CDs. So you are in the path of the unbeliever. That's how you are behaving. And in that manner, it goes a long way to make things difficult. So that's the point. Um, giving draws God to you, just like Solomon. Yes. Amen. 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 All right. So now we are talking about how to give. That's our next point. How to give. The first one is that you have to give cheerfully. Give cheerfully. So Acts 5, verse 1 to 11. Acts 5, verse 1 to 11. But before we go on, let me talk about cheerful. Cheerful. The Greek word is hilaros. Hilaros. It's like hilarious, but without the last I and U. So hilaros. Yes. Hilaros means cheerful or without grudging. So for example, you come to church and pastor says, Gideon, give 100 CDs. Like you, Gideon, you're not happy. You know in your heart that Charlie, I don't give, I don't give. But you stand up and you come and put it in anyway. You give grudgingly. Because <laughs> it's like you have a grudge, but let me just put it there. So you didn't give cheerfully. You gave grudgingly. Yes. It also implies giving with a gracious attitude. So, last week when we came to church, Reverend Joy said, "Those, if you know that the money you brought is not enough, add some. So people willingly added more and brought it. Yes. That one, he told you, you did it by your own will. He didn't force you to do it. It's the same thing. So pastor tells you, you have to sow 100 CDs. It's to you to, how should I put it? To be cheerful about it. Know that it's a privilege to give. Know that there's no compulsion. When it comes to giving, it shouldn't be done under compulsion. Yes. There's something that people call the prophet seed. So the prophet seed is the kind of seed that goes to like the man of God directly. So that one doesn't come to the church. When you sow that seed, you sow it to the prophet. But people think that, normally because some pastors think that the prophet seed comes to them, when it gets to that time, 
they are extra dramatic. Like, hey, you must give. You, I see this about you. You must give or else you will die. And because you are afraid, you give in fear. You are not giving cheerfully. You give in fear. So it's one part that you see some people abusing it. The prophet's offering. Yes. But normally, you, the giver, all you need to do is give. Whether you think the person is exaggerating, the person is not exaggerating, it's up to you. And once you give, another problem we have with giving is that sometimes, I don't know that whether people give loans to the church or, <laughs> or they give loans to the man of God. So you give money to a man of God, then you go and ask him what he's doing with the money. You give your money to a man of God. Then you go and ask him, ah, Sikano or the Torden, or what are you using the money for? I'm not saying don't demand accountability. Accountability is key. When you, when you, do, when you go to theocracy, accountability is key. So the church is ruled by theocracy, not democracy. Democracy is useless. Yeah. So it's not autocracy, it's theocracy. That's for the church. And in theocracy, you don't give and then, like, it is a free will giving. So you don't give and then later, once you make the next step to go and check, oh, I gave money like this. Let me go and check if they used it to buy uh, uh, this or they used to buy that. Once you do that, it is not, it's not that kind of giving. That one is like you're giving a loan to the church or you're giving a grant. You are like UN. You're giving grant to the church. So that one is not really a form of proper giving. You give, as the Bible say, don't pray and worry. It's the same thing. Don't give and worry. Once you give, know that you've given your problems away. Once you give your problem, you sow a seed of your problem, and the man of God misappropriates it. It's between the man of God and God. Because he is the servant of God. It's his ministry. It's between him and God. It's not between you and God. You, you have given. So if you put your problems or your cases in the envelope of your seed and you give it and someone misappropriates it, just know that that person is carrying your case on behalf. You, you are free. There's no need to worry. So once you give and you give cheerfully, just know that you are free. Yeah. So we know of these, these two popular people. They are very popular. Ananias and Sapphira. It's a very popular story. Eh? But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Next. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to, to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Next. While it remained, was it not your own? So no, no here. These people, these um, um, apostles, or apostles and their people, what they used to do is that they share resources. So you know that the apostles, they really were not actively working like uh, formal jobs or informal jobs. They were doing the work of God. So what they were doing was that each person would bring, they would pull their resources together and then they share it amongst themselves. So it's a redistribution of resources. So this guy, Ananias and the wife, Safira, nobody forced them. The, as you can see, the land was his own. While it remained, was, this, was it not your own? It was his own. It was not by force for him to bring it. But he chose to bring everything. That's where the problem is. He decided to bring everything. Yes. Next, next uh, verse. Then Ananias, sharing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all who heard these things. So this one, <laughs> he didn't even reply. When you told him that ah, the money was your own, but you kept some for yourself. It is your own. Nobody forced you. But you said you will bring everything. But you kept part for, your, for yourself. So that means that your giving is grudgingly. It's like you're not letting go. I say you are tight-fisted. I'm giving, but hmm, you're taking some. Nobody forced you. But that's what happened. The moment he was told that, he fell down and he died. That was how serious <laughs> bad giving is. Those times, it was, it was, as I said last time, small thing or crap, you are gone. Small thing, you are gone. But nowadays, 
God is very merciful. God has always been merciful. He has not changed. He's the same God. Okay. So after Ananias had given grudgingly and kept part of it, he died. And his wife also came. Okay, let's go to the seven. Now, it was about three hours later, three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me. But Peter to you was bad. Because you know that the man has died, so <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to add the wife too, to the man, I don't know. Because the man had already died. That Peter asked, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. So that was the amount of money. The money that the guy, or the guy put at the feet of the apostle. And she said, yes, for so much, Charlie. Hmm. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? The Bible says God is not mocked. You cannot mock God. Once you want to give, give cheerfully, give freely, give willingly. Once you don't want to give, Charlie, keep your money and die. That one, nobody's forcing you. There's no need, there's no need to give um, unwillingly or grudgingly. So yes, when you read, you realize that the same people who carried Ananias away are the same people who carried Sapphira. Because they were all together. So Peter made sure that she also fell in the trap. <laughs> and then she was also carried away. So it's like a whole generation has been wiped out just because of poor giving habits. Poor giving habits. Yes. So... Yes. The second point here. So the first point was give cheerfully. The second point is that give the best. You have to give the best. As Reverend Joy said last week, you don't give out of the surplus. You give out of the ones you value. So if you realize, as he said, Jesus Christ was at the temple. He was looking at the amount of money or the money they were giving. And the widow who gave small money was the one that was deemed to have given the biggest. It's not because sometimes giving, no, not sometimes, most times, giving is not about, not even most times, all times. Giving is not about the amount of money. It's not about how big or how small it is. It's about its value to you. So maybe one CD may be valuable to me. One CD may not be valuable to Kelvin. Or two CDs valuable to you may not be valuable to someone. So you have 100 million and then you give God 10,000 CDs. Normally, in churches, like this guy gives 10,000 CDs, you clap for the person. He has done all. And let's say you will give five CDs, you will not clap for you. Because you five CDs there, Charlie, you can't even buy water. This water, you can't even buy it. So you will not clap for you. But God knows that the five CD to you is bigger than the 100 CDs to the guy. So the law of proportion, you have six CDs, you give God five CDs. You've given almost close to 90%. You have uh, 100 million. You give 10,000, Charlie. It's, you can't even see it. It's insignificant. So that's how it works. God sees your heart when you are giving. And God knows how you give. So anytime you want to give, don't think about how big or how small it is. Just give. Whether it's one CD. Especially the children at the back. You have to start learning how to give. Whether it's 10 pesos or 20 pesos. You have to learn how to give. And you have to give from an early stage. And the parents, too, you have to try, or their siblings, you have to try and motivate your younger siblings to give. No matter the amount, you can train them how to do it. So let them learn how to give. And it will. Let's go to Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. Malachi 1, or Malachi. Malachi. <clears throat> Malachi 1, verse 6 to 9. Okay. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then am I the father, if then I am the father, where is my honor? So we, we've spoken about honoring your man of God, honoring whatever. We've spoken about those things, I think, earlier. Yes. So that's one of the things being spoken about here. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? says the Lord of hosts to you, priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Next. You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way 
have we defiled you by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible? Next. And when you offer when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. So normally, you realize that the offering you are giving God, if, let's say, you are going to Akufa those place, and normally, we said last week that if you are going before a king, you have to go with an offering. Yes, that's, that's Ketsi. So if you realize, those who are on social media, I realized recently there was a station that was closed down in Kumasi because the guy spoke about the Ashanti king and all that. Yeah. So one of the problems the chiefs had with these people when they came was that they came empty-handed. So it's not like they came to plead, like they came to apologize on behalf of the station, but they came empty-handed. So the chiefs were like, oh, you came, you are wrong, we are angry with you, but worst of all, that's what they said. I listened to what they said. Worst of all, you brought nothing. In three, you say quaterqua. It came empty-handed. Yeah, in Sapine. That's what they did. So yes, normally when you are going to a, a higher person, you have to go with a seed. So now, the Lord of hosts is asking that you, you are here offering blind animals, lame and sick. So your money that is lame sometimes, Sundays when you are coming... You just see some money lying on the bed and you take it as offering. There's no thought pattern. There's no, there's no effort to give to God. It's like an afterthought. So let me spend all the money and let me just pick this one CD under my bed and put it in the offering bowl. So that's what the Lord is saying. So you are not giving in a manner that is pleasing. You're not giving the best to God. You're not giving the best to God. But... If you want to reap big, that you sow big. The Bible says, he who sows sparingly shall harvest sparingly. Sparingly means more. So once you are sowing bits, that means you, you want to stay in the lower grades. Sometimes you challenge yourself. You give 10 cities, 10 cities, 10 cities, then boom, 100 cities. <laughs> challenge yourself and then see what God will do. So you give the best. You give the best. And that brings me to my next point. Give a lot. So the first one was give cheerfully. Give the best. Then give a lot. Give a lot. So when I say give a lot, I've said it already, but I'll still repeat it. Let's go to Second Corinthians 9 verse 6. Give a lot means that let's... The time that we were doing the... forgotten, this weekly thing that we learned about the temple of God. No, what's the name? A Cragrace conference, yes. You realize that we had a table of showbread. There's always bread on it. And yeah. And normally, there's a part of the Bible that talks about how the altar in the temple was. The altar in the temple always had sacrifice on it. Or always had a burnt offering. So God will meet them there. He will meet them at that burnt offering. So that's how it has to be. Your giving must be consistent. It must be rampant. You must give a lot. Don't stop. Don't be tired. Sometimes the giving, it may not yield immediate results. Just keep giving. The moment it is even getting harder, is the moment you are even getting closer. So every day you are giving hundreds of this. It's just like, let me liken it to insurance. Those who do insurance, you realize that every time, I had this friend, he used to drive era 4. So he used to do comprehensive insurance. He was happy with it. He did it for about three years. Comprehensive insurance. You know, those who have cars, you know comprehensive insurance is more expensive. So you pay, you pay, you don't get anything. You just keep paying. It's like you are giving money to people for free. So this guy stopped his comprehensive insurance. The year he stopped, three months later, his car got bent in public. It's not like the car got bent. We got bent in a place that... He didn't have any water or any, and his fire extinguisher too was not working. The car was burnt to, to ashes. The only thing he could take was he tried and he took his bag out, his bag and his laptop, and then the car got burnt. So that, sometimes that's how they're giving us. So you keep giving, you keep giving. It's not coming, it's not coming. Then you stop. Then your car will get burnt. 
That's how it is. It's like insurance. That's how it is. So keep giving and give a lot. Amen. 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 Yes. So another thing, no matter the anointing on your life, you cannot change anything if you are not a giver. So you see that people are very anointed, but they are very poor. Or they are very anointed, but they lack basic things. It's because of a giving habit. No matter the anointing. The anointing doesn't cancel giving. No. You can be anointed. You can be the biggest prophet. You can be the biggest whatever you are. Once you don't give. See, the principle, there's, there's no, no respecter of anybody. Once you don't give, just know that nothing will happen. The next... And also know that givers rule the world. Yes. And people may say, someone like Bill Gates, you may say maybe he's a Christian or maybe he's not a Christian, but as I said earlier, giving is not about being a Christian or not being a Christian. Last time I checked, I heard he had given over $70 billion. That's the giving he has done throughout his lifetime. $70 billion. And that is money that most people may never, ever, ever, ever see. But that's the money he has given out. And he is still... The second richest man, I think so. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Bezos was the first. He has given over 90 million. So imagine, in his mind, if he was not giving, you would think that, oh, because he's second, if he had not given the 90 billion, he would have been the richest man. But no, don't, don't get it twisted. That's not how it works. He gave to receive. It's out of his giving that he has what he has now. The principle works. I, I don't know about his Christian life. He may not be a Christian, but he's just applying the principle, how the world is coded. And giving is living. Know that once you give, you are alive. I've said it earlier. If you don't give, you are dead. So as Jesus Christ went and asked the tree to produce a fruit, the tree couldn't bear any fruit. The tree refused to give to Jesus Christ. So what happened? The tree died. Because you are useless. You are a tree. You are supposed to bear fruit. You are not bearing fruit. You are dying. You cannot give. That's how it is. And know that giving also prevents all forms of illnesses. So once you have an illness, another way you can get healed is through giving. You can try it. You can try it. Any form of illness that you have, just try and give to God and everything will be fine. Amen. 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 Please, let's be on our feet. Amen. So, we've spoken about giving. There's one prayer I want us to pray. I want us to pray to God to teach us. I know I've, I've, I've said a lot, but it's not something that's new to you. You've all heard it before. Yet that you're not doing it, or you may be doing it, but not doing it enough. Or if you are doing it well too, that's fine. But if you are not doing it well, or you're not doing it enough, let's pray and ask God that he should teach us he should direct us. He should guide us. He should give us the understanding. I've taught you, but you need a further understanding. So open your mouth and pray to God that God should open your heart, open your understanding for you to understand how to give and give well.